It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley, underbelly, down on the docks, on the other side of the track, speakeasy dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to on the Odyssey app, or hey, wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. Listen, I'm not going to judge as long as you are liking, subscribing, and sharing, and getting those notifications when content drops. Also, if you're looking for this episode on YouTube, it'll be dropping, but... For today, this is an exclusive episode to Odyssey on the Odyssey app, or hey, wherever else you're finding this podcast. But this episode will be on YouTube. How are you going to know when it's going to be on YouTube? I don't know. You got to tune back in or, you know, real easy. Go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Then you'll get the notifications when any new content is dropping. Also, maybe you're liking the gear. Maybe you saw us down there at All-Star Week or during the Mariners' last homestand, and you're like, hey, where can I get that shirt? Where can I get that hoodie? Maybe I don't want to listen to your podcast, but I want this. Well, you can start by going to Instagram and looking up at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora. She'll take care of you. Also, if you have something strongly worded to say, like, hey, I wish this was on YouTube, or I don't know, uh, maybe you have a pitch for the a show, or just have something strongly worded to say, hit us up at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. That's ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. All right. All the house chores are done now. Let's get into the fun stuff. And I'm talking about today's episode. It's a special one. It's going to be a special one for you, but it is very special for us here at Rye Bread and Mustard and Mariners Podcast. This episode was recorded at the All-Star Week down at Tacos and Tequila with our esteemed guest, Mr. Jim Copacino. You might know that name from all of the Mariners commercials. Like if you keep up on advertising in this city and and marketing, you probably know this name. Uh, Jim and his colleagues for three decades, you know, were creating award-winning taglines, promotions, commercials for the Seattle Mariners, including I don't know ones like "You Gotta Love These Guys" or how about this one? Soto Mojo. How about uh, raise your hand if you remember Buner Buzzcut Night or uh, Larry Bernandez? Yeah, this is the guy and his crew that came up with all these memories, taglines, promotions, commercials, slogans, you know, that we as Mariners fans live with and will always live with and carry with us from the mid 90s to 2019. Jim Copacino and his crew and the Copacino Fujikato uh, advertising firm, they have been coming up with all of these memories. And we're going to be talking about some of them here. Again, there is 150, maybe 160 uh, commercials that they did. Obviously, we're not going to get to all of them, but we do talk a little bit about working with Edgar, Jay Buhner, Alex Rodriguez, 
Randy Johnson, uh, Jamie Moyer. Again, this was a really fun time for us. We hope we have Jim back. I think he had a really good time. Uh, obviously, we know his son, Chris, so maybe, you know, he can uh, do us a favor and get him back, too. Um, but honestly, Jim was really gracious with his time. He came down to Tacos and Tequila during All-Star Week. Him and his wife, Jackie, came down. Uh, we ended up seeing him again. Then I ended up seeing Jim again over at the Play One ballpark. Actually in the Hall of Fame section, of course. Of course, where, where else would I find this guy? This guy is a Hall of Fame uh, marketer, advertiser, in my opinion, for the work that he's done with the Seattle Mariners. But he also, throughout this episode, will remind you it's not just a one-man gang. So it is a village of people that have come up with these things. So a lot of these uh, names and uh, people behind some of these big slogans and things that us as Mariners fans have, you know, cherished throughout the years, we actually get to find out who was, you know, the maestro behind all these things. And that's what was really fun about this episode, you know, sitting back and reflecting on the work that they've done. And again, like getting all this behind the scenes and a peek behind the curtain. And, you know, a lot of people ask about, hey, where are these commercials? We ask him that question, how that makes him feel and what he thinks about the Mariners are doing right now and what he'd be, he would maybe be doing if he was, uh, you know, making commercials with these new Mariners. Maybe answers that question. Maybe doesn't. You got to listen. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up. I'm going to kick back. I'm going to listen to this episode. I'm going to listen to it again. And it's about to start, how about right now? How's it going, Jim? It's going great. It's All-Star Saturday, and I'm here at the All-Star Podcast, and it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, love it. If if you're like, hey, that Copacino name sounds familiar, yes, this is Chris Copacino, uh, one of our contributors, contributors, followers, uh, followers, his, his father. This is his father. So, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm his father. Yes. There yes. has not been any DNA testing. You guys haven't done a 23Me? No, uh, no. No, but, no, no, no. So, uh, you know, we obviously grew up um, loving these Mariners commercials. Uh, we love all the, all the things. And so we were really excited to have you on here today. And, Hanno, uh, where do you want to begin with Jim? Well, let's start at the beginning, Jim. Um Mariners commercials, you know, I remember Chris always going down during spring break to shoot the commercials. Tell me how it started, like from the beginning. Um, like when do you guys start create creating and all that? Yeah. Do you work with the Mariners on coming up with these commercials? Just go into that on how it all works out for you guys. I'd like to say I've got a great future behind me. But, <laughs> but it all started really in uh, 1990. Remember when Jeff Smolian, of course you guys, I don't know if you're... Yeah, I remember oh, Jeff. Yeah. He, brought, he brought the Mariner Moose. And- yeah, Jeff um, bought the team from George Argers. And Jeff was a charismatic, very successful Indiana uh, radio magnet. He had radio stations all over the country. And he uh, was a huge baseball fan. He always wanted to be a baseball owner. So he bought the Mariners. He came in and he said, you know, the, the kingdom is dreary. The team is terrible. Let's shake it up. Let's have some fun. And his success in radio was largely due to marketing. So he was very marketing oriented. So he interviewed a bunch of a bunch of agencies, and 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 happily and luckily, we, we I was at an agency called uh, Livingston and Company at the time. He hired us. Uh, that was the start of it. We weren't doing the player commercials then, but we were doing you know some interesting promotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on to an agency called McCann Erickson and and the Mariners 
uh, moved their account there, 93. Uh, and a guy named John Schofield, who I worked with, terrific writer, came up with this idea called, Aren't You Glad They Play for the Mariners Instead? And we, so we went down to Arizona yeah. to shoot four commercials, one with Jay Buhner, one with Chris Basio, one with the Randy Johnson, and one with Lou Pinella. And the whole idea was, let's put these guys in uh, occupations for which they're very poorly suited. So yeah. Buhner, who had a great sense of humor off camera, mm -hmm. but was a hard ass, you know, as a ball player, tough guy. Yeah. Take no prison. So he was like a, you'll get, you guys will relate to this because you're comics, a stand-up comic which just is terrible, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a very funny man. Please welcome from Seattle, Jay Buhner. Here's one for you. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, hey, why the long face? Here's one for you. Aren't you glad he decided to play right field for the Mariners instead? And then we had Randy Johnson as a knife thrower and uh, with his lovely assistant, Impalia. Mm -hmm. And uh, Randy was a little wild, so, you know, we didn't show it Especially on early on in yeah. his yes, career. Yes, he was. So, you know, Impalia was, was always in jeopardy. Uh -huh. And then we had Lou Pinella as a, as a therapist who had no patience for his, for his uh, client's insecurities. I don't know what it is, Dr. Pinella. My life just isn't going the way I'd planned it. Every time I turn a corner, there's some sort yeah. of... Wine, wine, wine. I've had it with your excuses. Yeah. You're acting like a loser. But you I... want therapy? Yeah. I'll give you therapy. Get off your duff, get out of here and make something happen. Do I make myself clear? Aren't you glad he decided to manage the Mariners instead? Next. And then we had Chris Basio, you know, tough, gruff, right-handed pitcher, didn't back down anybody, as a, uh, as a ballerina. So... The, the, the Mariners approved the script. We go down to Arizona and we present the commercials to all the guys. And, and they all liked it. Uh, Buter came in. He said, yeah, that's fun. I'll do that. Lou said, yeah, I'll do it. If, if I, I don't want to take all damn day. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, okay, Lou, we'll, we'll get you in and out in an hour. I promise. And then uh, Basio and Randy came in together. So we showed Randy his commercial. You know, we had little storyboards. Here's Randy dressed as a as a carnival knife thrower, you know, and, and he said, yeah, that's cool, I can do that. Basio liked it, and he said, yeah, that's that's really neat. What do you got for me? And he said, Chris, you're gonna love this. You're a gruff, tough, right-handed pitcher who doesn't back down to hitters. What's the occupation you're least suited for? And I show him the picture, a ballerina in a tutu, dancing to Swan Lake. And his smile turned to a frown. He goes, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> Meanwhile, Randy's laughing his ass off. He goes, give me that thing. I'm going to hang it up in the clubhouse. And Basio says, the hell you are. And he takes it and he rips it in half. And he rips it in half again. And it's like, he says, I'll do a commercial for you guys. And I'm not going to do that goddamn commercial. <laughs> yes, sir. We got it. So we go back to the hotel. We have a few drinks. We try to come because we're shooting in two days come up with some ideas so we finally come up with an idea that again the toughness of Basio but instead of a ballerina he is a dentist yeah. who doesn't believe in Novocaine you know right yeah yes. so he's, he's pulling teeth from this poor guy uh, but there was uh, and, and you know they were pretty well received the commercials but there was a lesson there which is it's okay to have fun with the players but but don't make fun of them right, you know? right. And that's, that's that line in comedy you know a cheap laugh isn't always yeah. a good laugh Junior came along a little later you know he was uh, he was really at first on the scene yeah and, and, you know 
Nike was Nike. paying them money to yeah, do yeah, commercials. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we'd give them a, a cracker and a, and a soda, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but but he came along and, and he was great to work with. We did a number of, of, of commercials with him. And uh, uh, one of my favorites is you remember the Rorschach block when there's an Oakland A's pitcher? Yes. Who is um, having some mental problems, you know? So he goes to this psychiatrist. And he's holding up a series of Rorschach blocks. Yep. And he yes. says, what do, you, what do you see when I when you look at this? I see Ken Griffey Jr. hitting my fastball into the right field seats. And this? Griffey ripping my curve for a double. And what about this? Griffey. You just can't keep me out of your head, can you? I bet <laughs> Jr. really liked that oh, script. Oh, he, he loved it. He was great. I, I, I do remember when, because I've known I've known your son Chris for a while now since we were in uh, high school, and I remember going over to your house and the two things I always remember is you had seats from Yankee Stadium, yeah, and then you guys had this VHS tape. Now when we were all teenagers, people you'd go over to somebody's house and they'd maybe break out a a, a porno VHS <laughs> tape, but over there it was the outtakes oh, from your guys' yeah. commercials yeah. that were great. And one of my favorite ones, I'll, I'll just never forget, and I had to go back and see it again and again yeah. and again, was the one where Griffey comes in and he does the, it's when Lou Pinella and him had the bet with the cows yes. or mm -hmm. over home run derby, over steak dinner, I'm sorry. Yeah. And he loses the bet, so which was a true story, which you guys turned into a commercial. Then I saw the outtakes where he's dropping the F-bombs, and it was just like, he's actually, could, he had, it, you know, the, the, it, it rolled off his tongue pretty yeah. good. Well, I think the one he had the most fun was was with the all-Griffey team. Yes. Remember that one? Yep. Mm -hmm. Where, uh, you know, Griffey is pitching to Griffey, batter hits the ball in the outfield, Griffey makes a great catch, guy tries to tag up, he throws him out, and uh, he, he just loved that. And uh, and he, he contributed a lot to that, you know? He said... Uh, Hey, I got an idea. What if, okay, there's nine Griffies on the field, but what if in the stands there's a Griffey peanut vendor? <laughs> that's a heck of an idea. That's Junior, that's, that's, we'll take, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> Thank you. That's some good heightening yeah, right there. And, and I, he was good. Uh, there's a story I've heard from Chris, but I wanted to hear it from your point of view. Uh, a, a situation where you guys were shooting with Griffey, and then you guys... He was ended up playing catch with Griffey to keep him warm or, or something like that. Well, you know, Griffey was great. That was that all Griffey team. So so Griffey comes out and Chris, <clears throat> it was during spring break, so I brought Chris down with me to be an unpaid member of the crew and, and hang out. And so uh, we're all gathered there waiting for Junior to come. Junior comes in on the golf cart. He comes over and I introduce him. I said, Ken, this is my son, Chris. And he looks at me and he looks at Chris and he says, Good thing he looks like mom. <laughs> that was creepy. And, uh, you know, the relationship he had with his father, I think he he, uh, he respected that. And so at one point, you know, there's a lot of waiting around. He tosses a ball to Chris. Chris had his glove. He says, come on, let's go play catch. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, under the, on the impossibly green grass, under the lights, here's the greatest baseball player on the planet playing catch with my kid. And it was... You know, it was very, very powerful. So how many of those commercials do you think you got? How many did they come from, uh, like, true things or true stories? Well, you know, I think I think the best ones, and believe me, like, we've done, did about 160 of them over the 20 years, 18, 19 years we worked together. 
and there are a lot of clunkers. People don't remember those. You know, they they can all be be hits. But uh, I think the best ones were they take something from outside the baseball world and and, and combine it with a, you know a baseball thing. You know, one example that, that I've always liked was. Alex Rodriguez and the hidden Shakespeare trick. Yep. Do you remember that one? And that was the one for, for the listeners who don't remember it. Uh, Alex is a shortstop. There's a boss, guy in a Boston Red Sox uniform leading off second base. And Alex says, Hey, have you ever read The Merchant of Venice by Shakespeare? Yeah. Listen to this. And he pulls out the, the, the uh, Merchant of Venice from his back pocket. He reads... The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. The runner's mesmerized. He goes, that's pretty. And then Jamie Morio's on the mound, throws the ball, Alex pegs him out. And you cut to McLaren in the dugout, and he goes, the hidden Shakespeare trip. Yeah. Gets him every time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's taking two worlds and mashing them together. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think my favorite one, honestly, that, that always sticks with me is uh, the DH. Edgar Martinez uh, bit where yes. he's he's ironing clothes, he's ordering pizzas. <laughs> How was it working with Edgar Martinez? Edgar was is such a gentleman, you know, and I, I'm not sure he ever. I don't think he loved doing him, but he was such a good guy, and he understood. I guess this is good for the ball club, good for the organization, and, and not that he was ever cranky, but he just you know, and I think there there was a. A while where he felt like, well, are people laughing because of my accent and everything? He said, Edgar, people love you. You know, yeah. yeah I mean, you you come across as such a a pure, authentic human being, and uh, so he he was he was great to work with. And uh, I mean, I think if he had a choice, well, he had a choice. But I think he'd rather not spend three hours on the set. He'd rather be probably in the batting cage. But but he was he was wonderful. And I think I think my favorite was again mashing two worlds together, uh, the Northwest English, you know, when Edgar's Edgar and the rookies, gooey duck. Yeah, I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. Yes. <laughs> uh, how about them coogs, you know? Uh, I'd like a double toe latte, please, you know. And, and the Latin guys are all there. Funny story about that was there was a a, a short-lived pitcher for the Mariners uh, on the team that year named Matt Suzuki. Remember him, Japanese yeah, guy? Absolutely. So the opening line was, "We got guys from all over the world on our." Edgar Martinez really helps him out. And we wanted to have Matt Suzuki in there. Well, he was sick that day. And he couldn't make it. And we really wanted an international cast, not just Latin guys. But our only choice was, was a, a, you know, a Japanese uh, player. So the director said, I've got an idea. There's a bunch of Japanese media here. Let's just grab uh, you know, one of the Japanese media people and put him in there in a Mariners uniform. People aren't going to know. And then we got a multicultural deal. So uh, there were three relievers, I mean, kind of obscure guys who were, who were there and, you know, that Edgar was teaching. So we bring in the Japanese guy, put a uniform on, sits there. He looked like a bat boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you forget that ball players are different from us. Yes. <laughs> they're, th- they're much yeah. thicker. So we said, oh, thanks, never mind. So this poor guy who didn't speak English, we yank him off the field, we put him in a uniform, we put him on the set, then we kick him out. <laughs> so... That was a big waste of time, but it was, you know, an effort. You know, it's funny to say, like, you know, like, you know, uh, Edgar, if I think maybe this wasn't his thing he wanted to do, he might have the, like, if you put a greatest hits together, because they do, they have one here. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Edgar's commercials over the years. 
course you have uh, the DH one. You have the uh, the camping one where he's he shows up with with the lock. They're telling scary stories. You guys promoted the new roof where he's driving around yeah. in, in in his drop top. And um, I I I mean I feel like Edgar and and of course the one where he's in the in the cage and the uh, uh, coaches are just playing cards. Yeah, I want to say like. And, you the, know, and the clapper. Remember yeah, the clapper? Yep, yes, <laughs> yes, the clapper. That was another great one. Oh, man. And, but, I mean, if you're putting together a tape, like they'd go, you know, the best of SNL and you got Will Ferrell mm-hmm. or whatever, I would say Edgar's commercials are right up there. Uh, and, and with uh, Felix Hernandez has a bunch of, uh, yes. a bunch of really, really it's good ones. It's a light bat. It's a light. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. light. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. Whenever I meet somebody at a party or something, Somebody said, oh, you know, Jim did all the Mariners commercials. They go, oh, you did the light bed. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bed. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. Yeah. No, as an eagle hardware. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we did, you know, we did twenty commercials with Edgar, and they remember the one we didn't do. But, but that was great, and that that sort of launched Edgar as a, you know, kind of a gadget guy and a, uh, you know, a tinker and a thinker. And, yeah. and uh, how was it working with Felix? How did this Larry Bernandez uh, thing happen? Was that something from him was that something from you guys that you pitched how did that come about well that was a thing i got to give a shout out to my colleague and friend and 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 now the uh co-owner and creative director of the agency mike hayward came up with that and the idea was you know felix was a warrior he wanted to pitch every day so uh you know obviously the, the the construct was felix uh disguises himself as this guy named larry bernandez so that he picked and uh and, and and felix embraced it you know again that might have been one of those things on the line where you're making fun of a player but he loved it and um yeah that was a big success and uh that was a precursor to the king's court and i did greg green at the mariners had but i think it kind of you know raised felix's profile and and and, and got people rallying around him and people would show up with the with the mutton chops, you know, and with, the, with, with the long hair and everything. So that was, yeah, that was pretty cool. Fry bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. Do you have any of your favorite stories from the kingdom? There was a time we had an earthquake, and so we, they were going to evacuate the building. So I was like getting up to go and leave. And they go, no, you can't go. you got to read these safety <laughs> things. It's like, Do we need to tell them that there's smoking's only on the exterior ramp? Yeah. <laughs> and Dave came shooting past. He signed off. I'm going, wait, I'm the only one here. Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Meredith podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So when when you guys did take over the job in '93, uh, was was this like a? Did you feel secure with always having the uh, this, or was there just a moment that you're like, all right, we're we're in here, we're good. Does the Mar- the Mariners and, and our firm have uh, our hooks into each other? Yeah. Uh, well, we had a great uh, relationship with with the Mariners. You know, Kevin Martinez was a young guy then, and he was terrific. Randy Adamack. Uh-huh. You know, these guys are lifelong friends. So they were very supportive, and they sold it to the organization. And actually, Meyer and I misspoke. We did the first commercials in 94. 
Okay. And then in 95, it was a strike year. Mm-hmm. So we did we did like a Ken Burns period. Yeah. 96 through, I think, 2019, we did player commercials. Right. Uh, but what your question was... Was like, when was there just a point where you were just like, okay, we're here, this is... You're feeling comfortable, yeah. you're going to be doing these all the time. How, how did... What was there well, where they were just really happy with what you're doing. And it, well, you know, there, there were always some bumps in the road and disagreements. And the Mariners were very protective of their brand, as they sure, should be. They so are. there were certain things when we got a little out there. They go, guys, we can't do that. Uh, but they were they were hugely supportive. Uh, I think they respected the fact that the people working on it knew and understood and respected the game of baseball. You know, and we, we didn't... You know, Basio's 2-2 notwithstanding. We tried not to be too stupid about yeah. things. Uh, and it was just a wonderful collaborative relationship. You know, advertising relationships, every agency client relationships are, are like Hollywood marriages, you know, uh-huh. yeah, three or four years and it's over. And to have this kind of longevity, and I'm saying I, me a lot, uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is we had a, a great team for a number of years and, and a great production company, Blue Goose Productions, director named Ron Gross who just killed it. He'd go down there and work his butt off with his team. And it just all came together, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and as I said earlier, it's a, it's a lucky situation when you can marry your per- personal passion with your profession. And I was a lucky guy, as we all were during that, during that period. Now, you, you just mentioned the Ken Burns ones, which I think are, like, pound for pound, art, like, film artistically, those are my favorite ones. That's just great. because I loved that documentary. Yeah. And it was very interesting uh, how you got to do that. How did? Can you tell me the process of like, okay, we're gonna parody something, you know, pa- you know, parody law as well. Like, how, how much? Uh, like, was that the first choice that season to do that? And did you think you were gonna get away with it? And then shoot it. It happens. Yeah. Well, we, you know, it was it was a fraught year because the organization was up in the air with the with the work stoppage. And uh, what do you promote? When when will, will they get back at all this year? And when is it appropriate to start running promotions? So we, we you know, it was um, we, we we gave them a bunch of ideas, but that one seemed to be right because we we knew we hoped they'd come back on the field. We know we knew there'd be a period of readjustment because the fans were pissed off, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we had a. But uh, so so once the season started and we we're into it for a while, we started running those, and I think um, people respected the fact that it was about you know it evoked Ken Burns obviously, yeah, and, and the love of baseball and stories, you know, stories yeah. about the players. They were funny, you know. They, were, they were they yeah. were great, and uh, we shot all those at, at my house, you know, just different backgrounds and got got actors because it's a very simple thing, right? You got a lockdown camera, you got an actor talking, you got the titles, you got the music. And it was it was a nice little formula. Thank you, Ken Burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, whatever like, happened to that guy, anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Young Randy Johnson's neighbors could see his fastball coming. Well, Randy was our paper boy, and every afternoon he'd ride his bike down the street whipping papers. Oh, even then, he threw seventy to eighty miles an hour. One day, he beamed the family cat Whiskers. Whisker survived, but he's never been the same. So besides the quote-unquote superstars that you guys 
have throughout your commercials. You also have the glue guys on the team, you know, the Joel Pinheiros, yeah. the Willie Bloomquist. I mean, I, I loved the commercial with Lee Elia in it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just like that kind of stuff. Tell, I, I'm sure those guys, as you, the commercials begin to take off. I mean, they were rated the best commercials in Major League Baseball at one point. That's yeah. that's an amazing feat by you guys. And then getting these other guys then to buy in and then be a part of that commercial. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think in the beginning it was like, you know, I mean, baseball is a profession. And it's an extraordinarily difficult profession, right? And mm -hmm. these guys, a lot of them, are constantly on the ragged edge of being a triple-A or, or out of baseball. So, I mean, as much fun as they seem to have and as glorious it is to be a Major League Baseball player, it's an insecure profession. So, uh, you know, at, at first I think people felt like, you know, I don't know, is this, is this a waste of time to spend three or four hours doing a commercial? When I say people, I mean just, you know, trying to get uh, the clubhouse to buy into it. But a huge influence was Jay Buhner, who was, you know, along with Griffey, ruled the clubhouse, right? And Buhner loved doing it. So he basically would go around to guys and say, do this. It's fun. You're going to have, <laughs> you're going to enjoy it. It's good for the organization. It's good for the ball club. So get out there and do it. And it, it sort of caught on. And when Jay retired, he kind of passed the mantle on to Brett Boone, who was, who you know, as, as new guys came into the organization or younger guys came up, said, this is something we do. So let's do it, you know, and, and, and you're going to like it when it's done, you know, which is a real testament to, to the team I talked about earlier, not, not, you know, letting people down. I mean, as I said, they, they weren't all winners, but I think we had a pretty good batting area. Yeah. You hear that, Booney? We're putting you over here on the Rye Bread <laughs> Mustard podcast. Thank you, uh, Brett. Uh, Brett with his, uh, the Brett Boone podcast is a great podcast. Yes. It's a lot, a lot of fun to listen to. Right it's a great, great second act for him. Yes, Good for I, him. absolutely. Yeah. I cannot wait to get him on here. Um, you're speaking at Jay Buhner's uh, commercials. Obviously, he had the... The stand-up comedian that was that was really good. There's the one where he hits the fly, but the one that really makes me laugh, and I know you have to really like this one, Jim. Is I want to guess maybe your favorite one could possibly be the one where he's using the shine off of his bald head as as a reflection. And I don't know why. Maybe I don't like know how one. I ever thought. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you watching, <laughs> yeah. No, Chris inspired me because I knew he was going to grow up to be bald. <laughs> <laughs> he looks good, bald. You guys like there's some people that just pull it off. Bruce Willis, Stone Cold Steve Austin, there you and go. the Copacinos. Oh, well, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty exclusive fraternity. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> Larry David. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, that one is really fun. Yeah, that one that, is really fun. And and you know, that coincided with the opening of Safeco Field. So yeah. it was really, really nice. Yeah, that's oh that's that's we did that, that one. That is nineteen ninety nine. And we did Edgar in the convertible. You know, right? we're playing outside today. <laughs> uh, was there anybody that was difficult now that you yeah, was it Go ahead, that's what you want to. Yeah, yeah, I was just curious. You know, is there anyone maybe outside of Griffey when he was first there that was more difficult? You had to convince to, to do these or lean on like Jay Buhner? Well, you know, I'm going to be circumspect about that because my friends at the Mariners wouldn't wouldn't want. Uh, Randy could be pretty scratchy, and sure. at, at some point, I don't find that as a surprise. Yeah, and, and and he's the only guy who ever dogged us. You know, one time we had a spot for Randy, and he said, "I don't want to do it." You know, you respect that. So you didn't yeah. have a run-in with Milton Bradley or anybody, <laughs> right. anybody like that. No. And who is the other guy who believed in dinosaurs? Crawford? Uh, uh, 
gosh, I forgot that, it. Oh, I know you're talking yeah. about Yeah. Oh, God, who was that? Not, not, not our Crawford, of course. No. no. Yeah. Yeah, there were, there, no, we never worked with those guys. So. I and, just, and again, the Mariners were very good about, you know, just laying the groundwork pro- for the. Yeah, protecting the players and not putting anybody in a situation they weren't comfortable with and, and so forth. Was so. there ever any like rental players that you're like, I'd love to do a commercial with them? And they're like, I don't know if they're going to be around. You uh, know, I, th- that was more of the, 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 the recently yeah. here in the DePoto era. But. Right. Uh, yeah, well, again, that you know, I got to give so much credit to Kevin and Randy and, uh-huh. Gre- and Greg Green because I'm sorry, because they um, uh, they would give us a list of the guys they wanted to work with to start with, you know, yeah. and say, you know, and it was based, I think, uh, partly on the, the players' uh, ability to do it, their willingness to do it, and their status with the team. So they, you know, they they give us a list and say. These are the guys we'd like to work with this year. These are the guys. Yeah. I know that I've seen some commercials where I go, whoa, I was watching one in the dugout. Uh, I mean, it was, it's in the locker room and Sean, Sean, Fig- Sean Figgins is in it. And I was like, <laughs> did he ever have that his That was own, Sean's first year. Did he ever have his own commercial? No, he just had, I think he was a bit, I can't even remember which one it was, but he was a, a bit player in the dugout. Yeah, and I'm like going, uh, I go, God, they paid him a lot of money to get him up here, and he never had a commercial. But we all know the strained relationship yeah, that they yeah, had, so that yeah, kind of made yeah. sense. So and I, you know, guys would get hurt, so we'd have to take or get traded, obviously. So we'd have to take those commercials on a rotation. Yeah, you mentioned you started with four the first year, and then you got up to what was the most you had? And I remember they were unveiled throughout. I probably Prime Sports Northwest or whatever that you know. The Mariners were very clever about getting free advertising. Absolutely, and it was such a big deal as they would kind of drip, drip, drip the commercials out. Yeah. Um, how? What was the most commercials you guys did at one point? Oh, per season, we would probably. Well, you know, the one year um, when Safeco Field opened, we did six. We, to answer your question, we do typically anywhere from five to seven commercials. But that year, I think we did 10 because we did some that weren't uh, necessarily player-based, but they were more about the glories of baseball outside, a little more romantic, you know. And we'd use some of the players, but so we did about 10 that year. Uh, but it was it was five to seven, generally. You know, over, over 19 seasons, it, it adds up. <laughs> were there any slogans or ideas that you loved that didn't, get picked or anything like that over the years uh, slogans yeah we'd, we'd always generate a lot of different slogans and some better than others you know my the, our late colleague steve canetta this great guy uh, grew up a mets fan in brooklyn passionate baseball fan moved out here to the northwest we worked together at mccann erickson we brought him over to the agency he was the inventor of soto mojo which yeah. was perhaps awesome. the the best one you know i think that's the most for me, that's the most memorable yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. They're all great. You yeah. gotta love these guys, but the Soto Mojo is, is it's a thing. We had some bad ones too. It's, like it's, get all of it, and yeah. <laughs> you know, that was. Don't worry, about it. don't remember that one. Yeah. Please, please buy a ticket. It sounds like, that. It sounds like the hook to like a, a like a country southern yeah. rock. Get out! Get out! Uh, but Soto Mojo, I mean, that's. I was saying this to Chris on one of the episodes. Was like. I was like, it came from that, and then it's it's going to live on. It's on the City Connect jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Is that cool? I mean, that's along with uh, you know my oh my. And, yeah. yeah. So yeah. when you saw that on the jersey, like, 
does that take you back? Is that was that an emotional thing? Uh, yeah, you know, I thought of Steve, of course, you right. know, because uh, he and I were such great friends. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And again, you know, you you work on a brand that that's so visible. You mm -hmm. know, it's it's not like doing an insurance company or, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it's just a wonderful opportunity. I mean, I feel like it's such a lucky guy to have done that and to have developed a relationship we did and to do all the work we did. So, you know, it's one of those things where it all comes together. It doesn't always happen, but it was good. Yeah, and with, with Soto Mojo, where it came, now he wasn't, was he an accountant? Was this? Uh, Steve, well, he was an account director, but he was a very creative guy. You know, in other words, as an account uh, director or, or executive, your job is to be the liaison between the agency and the client. So you handle the relationship, you handle the finances and the budgets. But Steve was more than that. He was he was a funny guy. He was a creative guy. Uh, and, you know, uh, we had kind of an inclusive agency culture where it's, hey, a good idea is a good idea, no matter where it came from. Yeah. So Steve came up with Soto Mojo. And uh, Martinez loved it, Kevin. Yeah. And because it was, you know, what does it really mean? You know, now it has meaning, yeah. Soto Mojo. In fact, when Niehaus first heard it, he said, what is that, Japanese? Because <laughs> he tried to just go along. And, uh, no, David, it's not Japanese. Uh, so, but anyway, Kevin sold it to, to uh, you know Howard Lincoln and Chuck uh, Armstrong and the powers that be, and he did a great job selling it. I don't think we could have done it without Kevin's, certainly couldn't have done it without Kevin's endorsement. Have you made any cameos in any of the commercials? Yep, yep. there was, do you remember the Ichiro commercial when everybody was doing the Ichiro sleeve tug? Yep. I'm the guy in the barber chair. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bald guy getting a haircut. <laughs> I, that, that was it. <laughs> I, I do remember Chris being in one, I think he's putting sod down yes, in the, in yeah. the uh, that was that year we talked about when uh, there were all these new ideas for the ballpark, you know. Yeah. And, and like, Buner wanted a ladder in right field so uh -huh. he could take home runs away. And one thing was an all-grass all grass clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Chris is laying side. Yeah, that was his, that was his star take. <laughs> he also was in the moose suit at one time, wasn't he? He was in the moose suit. David Segui was giving him a bath. Yeah, it was, it was the Jay Buner's uh, kangaroo court. And Sigi yeah. got fined for something, so he, he goes, Sigi, you get the brush. And he goes, oh, not the brush. And, you know, and he had to That was so neat the about moves. playing baseball with Chris growing up and in Little League I did. Yeah. And then, like you mentioned, he would come back during sp after spring break yeah. and t tell all of his teammates and friends about his experience. I mean, we were super jealous. With but a tan. Was, yeah, I, with a yeah. tan. I've got to tell you, you guys remember more about this than I do. I mean, I, I, it's, it's so flattering. Either oh, yeah. that or you have no life. I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but. yeah, I, I I remember I remember because uh, when I figured that out, when I had no idea that you did this, it, Chris one time goes, "We're going to go to the Mariners game. We're over here at the Kingdom, and we had the tickets that you guys had." And oh I was yeah, like, those are good oh. seats. Yeah, and I got, and then we even moved down next behind the uh, camera well, and I caught a A Rod chopper. Oh, nice. Don't know where that ball is. It's somewhere at my mom's. It was a. It was one of those moments where I caught the chopper off foul ball, and the crowd gave me yeah. the clap. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably in my mom's basement uh, rolling around great, somewhere great now. Great story. Right now. But uh, I don't miss much about the kingdom, but I do miss the sound. Remember when Junior got one? Oh, my God. Oh, man. The there echo was, off the yeah, yeah. There, there was nothing. I mean, I. there's nothing like the kingdom. I have a... 
like a soft spot in my heart for the Oakland Stadium too. I go to it, and I, I I say this all the time on the podcast. So excuse me if you have to hear it again or take a bathroom break. I always call Oakland Alameda the kingdom. If I got in a car wreck, and it and it and it rear-ended a semi and went underneath it, you know, like in a movie, and then now it's a convertible. Yes, that's what Oakland Alameda Stadium. But no, there was nothing like the kingdom. When we designed the Mariners' new ballpark, we asked the players for suggestions. Dan Wilson likes the idea of a natural grass clubhouse. Jay Buhner suggested a ladder for the right field wall. Fact is, we're considering every one of their ideas, including this one, the vibrating dugout bench. The Seattle Mariners, you gotta love these guys. And there's a lot of people still asking about where are those yes, commercials? Are, are they, they coming back? We want them back. I mean, that's got to make you feel very proud. Well, yeah, I think it's changed. You know, I think, and, and the Mariners, um, like, you know, our business has changed a lot. And, and more and more clients are taking their work in-house. You know, they're, they're, they're hiring writers, they're hiring videographers. And, and the Mariners have a great production yeah. team. And, um, you know, I don't know if they'll ever bring the... the player spots back in, in the manner we did but you know they're, they're clearly doing a good job i also feel like you know you guys lightning in a bottle at the time in the 90s too yeah. like sketch comedy was so huge saturday night live was so huge we had almost live here in seattle you had you know mr show on hbo you had good the budding of comedy central you also had mad tv it was very that was kind of the way they do people would get their laughs and get what their their jokes and and their satire across we're now it's a little different i mean that that's I, a, I don't even understand what's going on that's a great observation because everything was in little bits right right little short skits beginning middle yeah. end and now with social media and and with um, with all the different ways to communicate you're not constrained by that tight time period and uh, you know it should be free for people who are doing it yeah yeah well i think this is probably the first team that we've had where we've had the opportunity to do those player only type things like the big dumper you know we got you know, logan out there you got coolio so finally we're getting some personalities yeah where... yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, you're not having to do a Scott Spezio. It's like, let's figure out something for Scott Spezio. Carl Everett. I know, because I know that that's that, the guy. That's the guy. Saying, yeah. yes. <laughs> Carl I, I said Crawford. It was Everett. Oh, yeah, he did. He believed in the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the evolution oh, guy. Man. Yeah. Um, I believe he even entered a home run derby and only hit one home run or zero home runs. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? So jumping off of what cj said there we got these guys now we have walter we have the big dumper we have julio do you ever sit there and go oh man because it never turns off going like i got this one i i, I know what i would yeah. do. love this question well, Myron. sure but uh, you know it's not free that was <laughs> it's not free that, no no it's, it's just that was then and this is now you know yeah. and, and like i said you've done it for all those years i mean i feel grateful I, I i don't feel like i'm missing out on okay then yeah maybe you can answer this one yes. for us what is your one or two favorites out of all of them do you have any well people ask me that all the time um i like um well we've, we've gone through a lot of them we've gone through a lot of them i i do like a couple of jamies i i like the you know the yes the, yeah, ra the radar gun the sense of humor yeah, yeah. the radar gun and also the one where 
he throws the change up and Dan Wilson and the batter has an entire conversation yes. before the ball gets because Jamie was Jamie loved doing it. He was great. Really? He wasn't really a great actor, but that's what made it cool. <laughs> <laughs> and he was such a nice guy. And uh, yeah. He's so like, I'll, I'll, I'll like be an extra in this one if you need me, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. You know, not everything we did was for comedic value. Right. And uh, Greg Green and I collaborated on a spot uh, called Welcome Back Baseball that was just a Hallmark card to baseball. Yes. And they, they played, the, and we did it for one season. So, you know, let's let's do a spot welcoming baseball back. And they've done it for like 12 years in a row yeah. with Niehaus's voice. And that was kind of fun to be able to, you know, <laughs> do something a little more saccharine and serious. Yeah, we brought a... Uh, Tom Hutler is a friend of the show. Yeah. And we had him on here and yeah, listen to his segment. And he was talking about when he hear, he plays that, when he hears that every year, that's one of the one things that really brings a tear to his eye. Didn't he say that? Yeah. Uh, and, and the young kid that runs the bases the first time. Yeah. Yes. The, the, the Hutch kid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Kevin uh, told me that, or Greg rather, when he played it for Niehaus, that Niehaus got a little tear. Yeah. Which, you know, that's pretty cool. I, I have to admit, I went and I watched it. It's so corny. Recently, because everybody's like, this makes me cry. This makes me cry. And I was like. And you laughed. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of knew it. And then I listened to it. And then I started getting caught up by it. Like, like, like the building. I was like, oh, I know this one. But me, I always go after all the goofy, funny yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, that's what people remember. But uh, it's nice that that's a little bit of a tradition. And, you know, the, the, uh, did you ever read Ball Four by Jim Bouton? I haven't. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, the former GM. Uh, no, no, that's... Uh, uh, oh, Jim Bowden. Uh, Jim Bowden. Jim Bowden was a pitcher for the Yankees. Okay. He passed away uh, a while back, but he wrote a book called Ball Four in the 70s, and it was very controversial because he, he didn't sanitize baseball. You know, he called a lot of guys out and stuff like that. He okay. said, he said, the last line is something like, you spend your whole life holding a baseball, and at the end of the day, you realize the baseball holds you. You know, that was kind of cool. So I cribbed that line, which is uh, someone once said, you don't cover baseball, baseball grips you. So, you know, creativity is um, the ability to conceal your sources, you know, <laughs> to steal honestly. Try bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast. Come on, Jared. You throw coolers. You don't kick coolers. You grab the cooler and you chuck it or you throw it on the ground. You don't kick it. And I mean, he hurt the team. He's hurt. Yeah, a mistake. Was it the first time it happened? No. Will it be the last? No. It will be the last, in my opinion, that Jared does it. It's a tough lesson yeah. to learn, but you always learn from your mistake, and I feel bad for him. I'd rather you throw things than hit things. Just throw cool. it. Remember the, remember the guy in Anaheim? He threw all the bubble gum on the field. Smart man. Smart man to show <laughs> his smart man to show his 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 frustration with things or his disapproval. He throws a bunch of bubble gum. You know, worst case is people had to go out there and pick up bubble gum. Maybe some got on somebody's cleat. You know, you don't punch lockers and you don't kick the cooler. I think this is like the two things that you got to learn. Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Meredith podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. What's your feeling on the Mariners? What are maybe some of the moves you could possibly see them making? Anything? What's yeah, your Jer feeling? Jerry this? hasn't consulted me, which oh, yeah. I am kind of, <laughs> kind of wounded about. <laughs> you know, like uh, I think like we all feel this team is a mystery. You know, it's it never is. lost more than four games in a row. It's never won more than four games in a row. 
two steps up, one step back. Uh, but I'm encouraged. You got to be an optimist, you know. I think some of the guys, Julio, quietly in a way, not a lot of home yes. runs, but he's put together a great month, you know. He absolutely. Uh, Suarez seems to be starting to hit. Teoscar, I think, is, is is legit. I don't know if they'll resign him, but he's he's got some pop. Uh, I worry a little bit about the young pitchers and how they're going to handle the workload at the back end of the season. But uh, you know, baseball is about hope, man. Keep hope alive. I see where Chris gets it from. You know, we only hear Chris on uh, Twitter when when the Mariners win. We never get never get number when he loses. And and I know he he, he read me the right act the other day because I said you know this team is going nowhere. I mean this is just an eighty win team, baby. He said last year. I told him too. I said you you. I said you're definitely when the things are going bad. I said you're definitely buying up all the real estate to tell people to say <laughs> yeah. I told you so. Like you definitely I, that's. Well, and, and Hanno calls when when Chris and I are on an episode because me, me and him will bitch about it. Yeah. Me and him get all. He calls me and Chris peaches and cream. He goes, everything is peaches and cream with you two. Because I'm frustrated, you know, the bad baseball years. I kind of just go with whatever where the conversation goes. But I, I like that. Meta- I like that metaphor about buying up all the real estate. So he told you so. Because, yeah. Because if, if they're terrible, nobody's gonna remember that this goofball was saying, you know, everything's wonderful. So he said he'll be waiting with a, a block of cheese for all the rats that jumped off the ship. And I said, oh. <laughs> I said, oh yeah. I said Chris, well, Jim, thank you for coming down here and spending some time with us. I hope to talk again. Yeah, this is a to. lot this of fun. Is, like yeah. there's, there's like so much. I mean, going in to prepare to talk to you, I said, I don't have to. But like, you know, I said, that I know guy all never these, shuts up. Right? I, know, <laughs> I know all these commercials. There's like, well, which ones are the, you know, you know, have the biggest effect on me. I feel like I, they're always right there at the top of my head. I've done a lot of sketch writing, so like I, t- like I told you when I was inviting you on, I was like, I really enjoy yeah. what you guys have done. Thank you. Um, you know, the Muppets, the Mariners commercials, stuff I used to see on Almost Live. Those are the kind of things that, the heightening things that you just always remember of like, oh, it's here. It's 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 this simple if you just simplify it. And you guys did such an amazing job and. Uh, I also, I don't know if it's true, but I used to see other organizations start doing this stuff too. And I don't know if it was from the success of the Mariners. I always will say it is. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was a lot lot of fun to have you on here, Jim. And I hope oh, you my talk pleasure. Again. And I just want to make it clear that there were a whole lot of people who contributed to this. Yes, you know, I'm I, sure. Uh, it's nice to be able to speak for them, but I, but I recognize that it took a village. So it was great. Thank you. And uh, Hanno, uh, this is something we do when we end all the episodes. We'll let Hanno give you, we'll let you do the charge here. Are you ready, Jim? Are you ready? Charge! (laughs) Thank you, Jim. Thank you, guys. I hope you got something you can use. Oh, that was awesome. (laughs) Of course it is. Thank you. Yeah, oh, so so much fun. Oh, guys, are you kidding?